Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM with myself, Kyle Teixeira. Sitting next to me is John Teixeira, as usual. This week, we are going to be discussing requiring liability insurance. That is very vague. Uh, (laughs) So if you want to require liability insurance, talk to us about it. Talk to anything we talk about on this podcast or just come talk to our smiling faces over the phone. Mm -hmm. Give us a call at 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com or come see us in downtown Mansfield, Texas. Let's get into it. What are we talking about when we're talking about requiring liability insurance? Are we a bank? Are we like, what are we doing? Are we making people have liability insurance with the government, with car insurance? What are we talking about? So we work in an industry and we live, first of all, we live in a society that's really litigious, right? And um, everybody's looking for somebody to be liable for something. So that's the first first thing, we're, reason why we're talking about it. I don't Secondly, think everybody is. Let's well, be fair. not everybody, but it is more litigious than, than we'd like it to be. Mm-hmm. And secondly, things happen, right? Like things, things do happen. Things happen all the time. Um, intentional, non-intentional, whatever, it doesn't matter. Things happen happen. So how do you protect yourself from it? And there's several things that we use to protect our landlords from a lot of their, let's call them fears or to, to reduce their risk of, on things. And one of those is the requirements of liability to landlord insurance. So go ahead and explain what that is, Kyle. Yeah. At the very baseline, um, it's it is exact it's one of those things that is exactly what it sounds like for once. It's insurance for your liability to the landlord. Hmm. It's liability to landlord insurance. Um, this is what what that means is you things you are liable to the landlord for are covered up to a certain amount. And people may question that because tenants aren't liable directly liable to the landlord for a lot. Um, if but it also doesn't cover all liabilities. For example, you are liable to the landlord for rent. And if you don't pay your rent, this insurance isn't going to cover it, um, which is an interesting point. So it's not all up front. What yeah, it, what different kind of like. liability. But yeah, yeah different so kind of liability. So. Um, hey, so let me ask you, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate and ask the question that a lot of people listening to this might be asking themselves. If I'm a tenant... And I go down and get renter's insurance from my guy that does my auto insurance. Isn't that covering me for what you're talking about? In general, yes. But knowing the distinction is important. So most like like as a property manager, we require liability to landlord insurance. It's kind of like car insurance where if you only have liability – we are only requiring the minimum insurance. It doesn't insure you for really anything, right? Most of the time when you go get renter's insurance, you're insuring as a renter your belongings and contents. In, your contents of the home in addition to liability to landlord insurance. It's all wrapped up into this renter's insurance policy. Well, it's not always. And that was my point really usually, is that yeah. people usually go buy contents insurance for their contents. And I don't know how many of those policies include the liability to landlord insurance that we're talking about and how many don't. I really don't Mm -hmm. have any idea. I do know that there's policies written that are just for the contents of the the tenant. Correct. So if they think that that's what they're buying, 
when they go buy insurance to to insure their stuff, that is not what they're buying, and that is not what you and I are. are we what we choose to require our tenants to provide. Well, no, we, a lot we, of we have do. this conversation a lot. Like we will automatic because mm-hmm. we require it, we will automatically enroll you in liability to landlord insurance mm-hmm. on a month to month policy um, that is more expensive than what mm-hmm. you're going to find out on the market because it's not for a term. It's not a term policy. Um, where people get messed up is when something happens. They're like, "Well, I thought mm-hmm. I had renter's insurance through you, even though you know we." The line item every month is liability to landlord insurance. You know, when, when we, we actually suggest people go get it from a provider, we just have, because it's required, if you don't go get it from a provider, we, we auto-enroll you. But. I, I got to tell you, we've got, because we, we, we do exactly that. We, we, uh, we ask our tenants to go get it and provide it, whether it's through us or through somebody else. And to your point, we've got one right now where that we had a major plumbing problem in this home to the point that the family is not able to inhabit the home anymore. This person's insurance through, I believe it was USAA, is so good that they immediately called their insurance, they put them in another home, or they're putting them in an Airbnb while we fix the problem and paying their rent for the month. I mean, that's really good insurance for for well, quote this is unquote why we renters say go insurance. Get renters insurance because renters should have renters insurance. Yeah. It's not something we it's stuff not, happens. We don't require to have people people to have things that cost money that they should have. You know, and I could go on a long list of things that you should have, and I, I'm not going to require all that. We're protecting the property. That's our job. We suggest you to go get renter's insurance to cover yourself, but we're not going to require that. We're going to require our okay. bare minimum. So to your point, let's provide a recent real, real world example of what you're talking about. And this will demonstrate the reason why we require it. Well, and yeah. So it, it actually is a rare thing. It's cheaper because it's pretty cheap comparatively because it's it's pretty rare that these liability landlord insurance things get used. But when they do, it's not usually a small case, right? Mm-hmm. So I know which one you're talking about. You're talking about fire. Probably the most common one that these policies get used for is when tenant negligence or tenant actions caused a fire, like the stove or you're cooking grease or whatever, and you cause a fire and you burn the kitchen, for example. If you only have this liability landlord insurance, you want to make sure you have liability landlord insurance at a minimum because that insurance will cover the cost and repairs of that liability that you now have to the landlord to repair the kitchen. What it doesn't cover is like you said in the other scenario, you to go have somewhere else to live for a certain amount of time and paying your rent and all those things, you're still responsible for in this scenario because you know, you caused the fire. It was your negligence and you were the cause of it. So while you're insured, the property is insured for, is insured from your negligence, you and your circumstances are not. Yeah, and ideally you have renter's insurance and, you know, we're not going to talk about the different, you you can make policies, you can write up policies for whatever, right? But in general, like we said earlier, renter's insurance includes the contents and some additional things and, and all that. So in this same scenario, if your contents got burned in this fire, say your closet was on the other side of this wall and your clothes all got burned with the fire. 
Well, that's not going to be covered under just liability landlord insurance because... Yeah, like the insurance that we provide, if you just let it auto-enroll, would not cover you there. But like the other insurance that I just demonstrated that our other tenant has, that they went and got themselves through USAA, most likely does cover their Mm -hmm. contents if there was a fire that burned their stuff. So there's like any other insurance, there's different levels of what you can do. And what we provide as a company is the bare minimum. And we tell our tenants and our applicants when they're starting, we're very upfront with them. What we're providing is probably more expensive than what you can get elsewhere. And it probably is not as good as you might want it to be. So you should chop it and go. Yeah. And you can add on to it with what we offer. So that's the other thing is we, we auto enroll you in this bare minimum. Then you can go log into your portal, for example, and add on hmm. to it to, I didn't keep, know that. to make it a good policy. I didn't even know that. That's yeah, awesome. you can. It, it, the, the insurer that offers this, that, that backs our bare minimum insurance will obviously let you, hmm. you know, come in and improve it. Um, but the, the nature of how we have to do business, especially that we prefer you to go get your own, it's a month-to-month policy. And as most people know, anything in this world that is on a non-committed basis, it tends to be more expensive. So, like, this, is, this isn't actual figures. Let's just use $10, for example, for our minimum month-to-month liability policy. It's pretty close. We always suggest going to get it somewhere else because you can probably get a fully-fledged renter's insurance policy for anywhere from 10 to $15 a month cost for year your terms. This is an estimate. The, don't quote me on this, but that's that is the price comparison. There, it's it's a pretty tight knit policy cost. Like you're not going to go spend a hundred dollars a month on a renter's insurance policy. Yeah, no, that's just that's just ridiculous. You're talking about a cup of coffee cost. If you want to talk how advertisers do, for the cost of a cup of coffee <laughs> in the event of a fire, that would be a really good policy. <laughs> For the cost of a cup of coffee would be an extremely good policy. I mean, I'd, it's I'd not even that much, right? Between what like, we're our, our minimum and and a f- and right. more covered is probably the cost of a cup of coffee, right? So, um, yeah, every day it? for thirty days. No, you, a month. No, cup of coffee a month. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so. Yeah, that, well, that would be that would be a slam dunk, then, wouldn't it? So, so there's really and and we've the liability landlord thing. In most cases, doesn't cover as much as you'd think, but it's it's three main causes. It's fire, flood, and why can't I think of the other one? <laughs> I don't know. Well, in, in liability landlord, um, it's just general damages, really. So, um, and then by flooding, I don't just mean natural flooding. I mean you caused a flood. You know, like you left your bathtub running and flooded the whole house, or you left your sink flooded running, and you know most things that are due to negligence on the tenants. They part. didn't cover during Snowmageddon. They didn't cover any of our claims, so it wasn't an act of God, right? Um, but things that happen um, to the home that cause damage. When it comes, it doesn't mean your homeowner's insurance won't cover these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's usually to come before that because, you know, you're paying a deductible in a... Tornado or earthquake, Steve asks. Tornado or earthquake. No, those, those are the homeowner's insurance. It's nothing to do with the tenant. Um but yeah, there's, and, and I will say, there it, it's like all other insurances. You can get coverages. Some will cover and not cover different things. Um, 
just talking well, about the general baseline policy is our, our recent experience is probably the most common and probably the the best example of a use where a tenant was cooking started a grease fire and the entire kitchen basically burned down not the entire kitchen but the entire kitchen needed to be restored because part of the kitchen burned down right and that created a scenario where we now had to paint most of the house and like they had to leave the home and it took a couple weeks to do the renovation and new appliances new cabinets and new counters and everything had to be new and and so that was an expensive oops Right, like, yeah. like, put grease on a pan, walk away, and go to the bathroom, and come back and find your kitchen on fire. That's that's a big mistake, and that is not as a landlord, as an owner of a home. And I got people living. This is one of this is one of our owners' fears, for especially owners that are less experienced. They worry about things like that happening, right? So. Like I have people I don't even know. I don't even know if they know how to live life and they're living in my house, Mm -hmm. right? Like what are they going to do to my house? Are they going to do something like what I just described? This alleviates that concern. This particular homeowner was not out of pocket any money whatsoever. The insurance company covered the entire cost. They did not pick up the cost for the additional expenses for the tenant. The tenant had to go live somewhere else at their own expense. In addition to still paying rent for the property. In addition to still paying rent and utilities for the property. So the homeowner was not out any money, and the problem has been rectified, and everyone's back, and tenants are back in, and everybody's happy. Um. This is common. I mean, I'm, I, I walked in, I had a, we had a fire, we lost a stove the other day, and it was fortunately, this one was extremely small. This was just a stove. There was absolutely no damage except to the stove. And I bet people do this all the time, Kyle. They stored their Tupperware in the oven, right? They used the oven as a place to store and forgot it was in there and, and started the oven. That went badly. I don't have a lot of comments on that that I want to put on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that people do things know, like that. And that sounds ridiculous to you life. and I, but yeah. to other people, that doesn't sound so ridiculous. Other people are probably listening and going, yeah, I've done that before. Or I do that all the time. Or, or I don't know. Until something like this happens to you in your life, sometimes people just don't stop and think about the cons- potential consequences for doing something like sticking plastic in an oven. Well, and I've I've seen this was a while, a long time ago, but like styrofoam, right? Styrofoam in a microwave will catch on fire, but it won't catch on fire immediately. It'll take twenty, you know, ten to thirty seconds to. I've act- never heard this styrofoam. Well, the first time I found this out was when I was a kid in your house. This is common knowledge. (laughs) First time I found this out was as a kid in your house and in your microwave. Luckily, I I caught that one soon enough. But uh, some I have seen someone burn, walk away from a microwave, and it caused the microwave to catch on fire. That happened a couple years ago to a tenant. But Hmm. but yeah, like the um, what was the scenario at your house? Wasn't me. It was a friend. But he it was the styrofoam ramen the ramen cups that are in styrofoam and he didn't put water in it that oh that's what it was yeah he had no water thing kind of yep well yeah but in general styrofoam will it will pop and catch on fire so 
but metal too. Some people don't know you can't put tinfoil in a microwave until uh, they find out the hard way. Or some people don't know. I've done this. Everyone's done this. There is aluminum lining in some of these to-go containers that you don't realize is mm-hmm. there sometimes. Yep. Um, it's meant to hold in moisture and hold in heat, and then you go stick it in the microwave and... Uh oh, but microwaves nowadays are made to sense that, and they kind of shut off the microns or something. They mm-hmm. don't they don't blow up like they used to, but um, <laughs> they just kind of don't work. But um, but yeah, there are so many things like this that can can be happening. Let's let, how about okay? How about um, first time you've ever rented a home? Okay, and. Or maybe it's the first time you've ever had your own laundry and you do a lot of laundry and you've lived in this home for four or five years and you've never once thought to or knew that you needed to clean out the dryer duct. And it was just jamming up full of lint and you know what happens there sometimes. Uh, Eventually, it backs up to the point where either A, your dryer doesn't work, or I've seen it catch fire. Yeah. That's a common one. And while it's common sense to you and I, because this is what we do for a living, it's not common sense to everybody. If you stick a 20-year-old that's never lived on their own into a home for their first time, do you expect them to know everything about maintaining a home? Well, and it's that, like the drain line of the washer machine is the same way. That happens all the time. And you, you hope it's leveled in a certain way that when it starts overflowing, it overflows into the ground and you see it, right? But it's not always the case. Sometimes it just goes back into the wall and you don't see it till it's coming out the other side. So, um, yeah, a lot of these things are what liability landlord insurance can help give some peace of mind to the landlord and protection as well. So, and we're not even quoting that every single thing we just talked about will be covered under this, but it's just, it can be for one. And for two, these are, these are the things that not everybody knows the same thing. Like, like grease down the drains. Oh my gosh. If you, if you are listening to this and you don't know that grease and oil products do not go into our sewer system because they clog drains, because they, you know, harden up and become an obstacle in the drain that have over time will literally clog. Oh, it. here's another that one. It's not as common as paint. Think. Oh, especially oil-based paint. But people let's... pour paint in vacant homes down toilets, down showers and tub drains, thinking that it's just going down a drain and it's going away forever. Well, guess what it does? It sits in that drain and it hardens. And nobody's using the home because it's vacant. Mm -hmm. So it's sitting there for two, three, four weeks hardening. And by the time somebody goes to use the home, gosh, I get this frustrates and me. And maybe, and, and it's not just people. It's you, you're talking about contractors. Contractors do because it? they do. And sometimes oh. with okay, so with water-based paint, right? If you water it, if it got watered down and enough water, went you could those wash drains, away water-based paint it, pretty it, easily. It could, right? But usually they're not letting that drain run for right. an hour. They don't. They don't turn the faucet on and let it run for long a, enough. A long enough time, right? But then there's oil-based paint, and oil-based paint. Never. It won't mix with the water. Anything that has yeah. an oil or oil-based. Because th- what happens is oil-based products harden too, but they're not going to get broken up by more water. 
They're going to do the opposite. They're going to repel the water. Um, Grease is just going to become a big block. I mean, have you ever seen Texas clay? You know, that's what grease ends up looking like in your drain pipes. I've had my contractor bring the snake back out and say, "Tell, tell me, and I knew what happened. Tell me. I can't tell what's in here. There's something in here. It looks like plastic is coming up. I'm like, that's not plastic. That's hardened paint. Yeah. <laughs> not plastic. Hardened, hardened paint. paint. Gosh, I mean, spends more time in drains. I mean, oh, like uh, non-flushable wipes shouldn't be flushed. Hey, we've, we've, gone, we've gone sideways, but what we're doing is <laughs> demonstrating a whole bunch of things that people do incorrectly, maintaining home and, and or in and around a home that could cause problems. It could cause you to need this landlord or this liability insurance, mm-hmm. right? Because somebody's going to be liable for for a wrongdoing, mm-hmm. um, and it shouldn't be a homeowner that didn't do it. Yeah, right? this is <clears throat> very true. So, it, requiring it, requiring liability landlord insurance, I think is important for even landlords to do. People don't have property. It's more common that you'll have a property manager. They will require it. You may never even know it until it's needed, right? Um, But if you're just a landlord renting to one person, you can still require it. And even at that rate, require insurance, renter's insurance, right? Because we go out of our way to tell everybody we require this minimum, but you should go get it, right? If you go buy a $50,000 car, Texas is only requiring you to get liability insurance in case you hit somebody. But if you hit somebody and it's your fault, you also owe the bank 50 grand for that car. So you should probably get full coverage to cover Mm -hmm. you in the event of that occurrence. So, you know, minimums are exist in the, for the reasons to protect whoever requiring them, make sure to protect yourself too. So love it. That is the requiring liability insurance. I think we killed that one. Recommending full we, we recommend insurance? it if you're if you are renting a home, if you're a landlord, if you're a property manager and you're not doing this, you should be doing it. You absolutely should be doing it. Um it will help you, it will help your clients. Um we do it and have been doing it for quite some time. And so if you're going to rent from us, you're going to pay you're going to pay for for liability landlord insurance in some forms, whether you buy it through us or you go buy it yourself, we don't really care. And we didn't even bring up the most common occurrence is actually that people try to use this for and liability landlord insurance does not cover, um, but renter's insurance does in most cases is burglary. Burglary is, Mm. especially when people are like, look, someone broke into my home, all this stuff got stolen, I wanted to file a claim and we're like, this doesn't cover that. You, your renter's insurance will cover that um, in most cases. Other than it might cover fixing the front door, maybe, but that's you know that's the only liability to the landlord in that case. Okay, so bottom lining it for the for the tenants out there listening, right? Like, so if you're a homeowner, you should be requiring this hundred mm-hmm. percent, at least the minimum to protect your property. If you're a tenant. If you are like one of our applicants and and you're signing a lease with us, here's my recommendation. We're going to provide a minimum base. And and, and my recommendation is go to whoever you get auto insurance from and say, I'm about to rent this home at 123 Main Street Mm -hmm. and I need this limited amount of renter's insurance. What can you provide to me? And get a quote with some good coverage that will save you money 
and get you way better coverage and put you in a way better position. If you're going to pay somebody money, you might as well get better coverage rather than paying us yeah. just for the minimum. The and only because reason people co- so often I've seen them say, well, I got a quote from my insurance company and it was $125 for the year, right? Not considering well, that, that, that was by 12. no, that was for full coverage in my example. That right, was for renter's right. insurance. We are you are paying us about the same. Yeah, for that's liability. less than what you're going to pay us. Yeah, if you divide that by twelve. Yeah, and ours is a pass through cost. It's not like we're charging any more yeah. than they charge, but it, you know, it is what it is. So go get yourself something good. Know what you're getting, because um, generally. So if, if you're a tenant, go get some good one. Go get good insurance that's appropriate for what you need. And if you're an owner, make sure you're requiring it. Don't put somebody in your home without requiring it. But for it. all the reasons we just said, like we do recommend, they go do the same thing. Yep. So, all right. Absolutely. There it is. Requiring liability insurance from WeRTPM. So you guys have any questions? Want to talk about it? Want to talk about insurance providers that we could recommend? And that's about all we're going to do because... <laughs> we are not insurance brokers. Give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney show the at Go to wertpm.com to get back to this podcast and start an endless loop or go look at our properties. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is about it for this week. We are out. Late.